To introduce ourselves again because oh yeah you do that every time Fuck. yep yep let's do it uh welcome <laughs> my name is david i'm we... jordan and the giggling person you hear is kira hi i'm kira <laughs> sorry you just were all so angry about like oh we have to do this again so were you yeah <laughs> <laughs> talking about Hello, my name is Kira. I like long walks on the beach and everything about college football. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get us into this smoothly. I'm going to start us off with uh, our trivia that I came up with. Oh, uh, fuck. All right, are you two ready? No. In honor of the uh, completely unprepared podcast's accidental Heisman pick... <laughs> Welcome to JT Barrett Trivia. So question number one. If JT Barrett wins the Heisman, he'll be the first senior to do it in over 10 years. Name one of the last two. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, shit. Um, um, Sam Bradford? No. Wait. I'm, I'm going to let her answer before I say anything. I told you I'm shit at trivia, even though I host it for a living. Um... I have no other answer. I'm sorry. All I'm right. terrible at trivia. Jay, do you want to take one more guess before I uh, before I throw it out there? Uh, no. So the answers are <laughs> Troy Smith of Ohio State. Wait, what? Yeah. And Carson Palmer of USC. Carson Palmer was in the last that... 10 years. No, I guess that makes sense because I mean no, 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 07... No. He's the he'll be the first senior to do it in over ten years. Name oh, one of the gotcha. last two. Gotcha. You gotta you gotta listen closely, guys. I, I, this is why trivia doesn't work for this particular demographic. Hey, look. I, yeah, we don't listen. With our solid listener count, there's at least one person who's yelling. I knew it was Carson Palmer. <laughs> There's one deranged USC fan out there's there. There's one person. Well, there's more than one deranged USC there. fan. Just one that got it right. Although, I have like a feeling the that the fan from LA is not going to be worried about Carson Palmer right now. Let's not go into baseball. So, what's next on the agenda? Second question of trivia. Oh, oh. god damn it. There's three questions. Oh, god. True, true or false, JT Barrett is in the top ten all time for Ohio State rushing yards. Oh, true. Jay, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go false on that. But you go top ten, really? It's, it's who, yeah, but he, who he else sat, would be sat, above him in ten? He sat for like two seasons. Yeah, but still, it is in fact false. God damn it! Um, he, uh, he is fourteenth. Okay, so if you had said fifteen, I would have been safe. Yeah, and if he, if he had played. For you know his entire four years at Ohio State, I'd have been all on board. But you know he's out with uh, injuries for one year, and then he got replaced for another year. Like he just—I don't think he had the starting time to do it. Last question: 
JT Barrett has the most passing yards in Ohio State history. True or false? Cardell oh. Jones is in the top 20. That's false. Wait, top 20? Top 20. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going absolutely false on that. No. I, uh, if he's not top t- or if he's not, not like number 19, really. I feel like that's a trick question. All right. Gun to your head. True or false? False. Cardell Jones is, in fact, number 19. Are you wow. fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? I knew this shit. I knew this was a fucking trick question. Okay, sorry. Who's number one? Yeah, uh, actually. Number Joe one Pye is... has got to be up there. Uh, I actually started it with JT Barrett has the most passing yards in Ohio yeah. State history. Right. Who's number two, is what I meant to say? Uh, Art Schlichter. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Artie. How are the Artie. fuck you say his name? Artie Schlichter. And I thought I was drunk. You should have a better name. It's not my fault. No. So there's some uh, JT trivia for you. The entirety of JT trivia came from the fact that I saw that he was actually a senior and that we had... Uh, basically made fun of the idea of him being a Heisman candidate, which now he very much is a Heisman candidate. Um, yeah, is that's that our a, segue into uh, what happened into college football this past weekend? That is, in fact, the segue. The segue finishes with, <laughs> and then I saw he was a senior and wondered how often do seniors actually get that prize and then thought, you know what I'm going to do? I can make an entire trivia based on it. And here we are. Let's so rush for seniors because of that. Uh, oh yeah, dude, that was uh, that was quite a game. That was quite a comeback. Honestly, <laughs> it makes it makes a decent amount of sense considering the receiving core. I mean, they they stepped the fuck up to that plate. If if there was any opportunity for them to prove themselves on a national stage, especially with the CFP rankings that came out this weekend, I mean, they they felt that pressure and they understood what was at stake and. Penn State has had a really fucking tough past three weeks, and Ohio State knew that, and they were able to fucking exploit every single thing in their offense in that past or in that final fourth quarter. Like, absolutely, it was incredibly smart football in that final quarter. I, yeah. it was crazy because like I saw I saw Barkley run back that uh, the kickoff. And, and I pointed out to, to you guys that number four, I don't know his name, but number four was the unsung hero of that play because he had a perfect opportunity to go ahead and throw a block in the back there. And I have no doubt in my mind that if he were a Seahawk, he would have done it and ruined that, that run back. And he didn't. He just trusted Barkley to, to, to finish it off. Yeah, no. Um, and by the way, to, just to point out, you said you don't know who number four is, and that's the, that's actually a major point for Penn State is uh, they don't keep names on the back of their jerseys because they want them all to have the mentality of you're not a single player out there, you're a team player, so you're part of a team rather than some I dude feel like that would be a great trivia question. Like, list the X number of teams that don't list last names on their jerseys because there are a decent number of programs who do that. I thought you were going to go the route of saying Penn State trivia, and I was like, we should really just stay clear <laughs> of this topic. Yeah, about that. I would not go that route. 
Um, but yeah, after that run back, and then after it was up, I think they were up 14-0 or something like that, I was like, all right, I'm going to change it to something else. And, and I went off, and, and I can't remember if I watched something else or if I went somewhere else, but uh, I, I didn't actually finish that game. And so when all of a sudden I got the update on my phone that was like, Ohio State co- comes back 39-38, yeah. and I was like, holy shit, really? Well, and that was the hard thing. I mean, not the hard thing particularly, but... <sighs> That was the one game where people really did not overestimate Ohio State and only because of their past performance. And that's the hardest thing when you're looking at records. And again, this is segueing into like the whole CFP standings and what that top 10 looks like because I have multiple qualms about that whole entire top 10 for the college football playoff standings. But... When when everybody was talking about Penn State, Ohio State, oh my goodness, this is going to be like the show off of the year. You're going to really have your top two teams from Big Ten showcasing their best teams. That's what happened. And Ohio State, we've talked about this before. Like, I respect the shit out of Urban Meyer. And he has the ability to command a great team. And that's what you saw in that fourth quarter. Like, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And JT Barrett just put on an absolute beautiful performance. Uh, every time you say that, it makes me cringe. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm calling it. I called it a couple weeks ago. It's JT Barrett for Heisman. Huh. Uh, I still think it's Saquon Barkley, but you guys are probably right because they tend to favor quarterbacks. I mean, it, I mean, it's pretty balanced between quarterbacks and running backs. Just in recent years, it's been the quarterback, but. Yeah. Well, and that's one of those things that the Heisman voting ceremony, or not ceremony, but like the process of voting for the Heisman, you you get a certain amount of bias because it's college football, and college football draws a very different crowd. And yeah. you're going to get those people who think, oh, it should be the quarterback, oh, it should be the running back, like those offensive players. So it'll be interesting to see how they adapt to that. And I think that's a lot of the reason. Yeah. Again, I don't mean to harp on this point, but why Georgia was number one this past week with oh, yeah. the rankings, because you get that media hype and you well, create that storyline. Georgia, I, I, I actually, I can see Georgia as the number one, uh, just purely based on strength of schedule. Uh, Cause they've dismantled some very good teams and in oh, dominant yeah. fashion. Whereas, like, uh, Alabama's marquee win was against Florida A&M? State. Yeah, A&M. But uh, before that, it was Florida State because it was the number one versus number three. And now Florida State just got absolutely demolished by Wake Forest. You know, so <laughs> it, just, it just takes away that little strength of schedule, which puts Bama behind them. Just looking at the teams, I'd probably still put Bama as the, uh, over Georgia, but they're neck and neck. And it'll get sorted out anyway, so it doesn't really matter, you know. Because if they both went out, they're going. They're both going to meet each other in the SEC championship, and it'll be decided there. So when we're talking about uh, JT Barrett versus Saquon Barkley, yes. So just looking at that game, uh, the, the, the two of them both just played. Uh, JT Barrett's numbers: thirty-three for thirty-nine, three hundred and twenty-eight yards, four touchdowns. So that's an average of eight point four yards and four yeah. touchdowns. Meanwhile, uh, Barkley. 21 carries, 44 yards. 2.1 average, one touchdown. 
uh, I mean, and just, a run back. Yeah, I, I agree. But just in terms See, of rushing, his long was thirty six. But the hardest thing about total. the hardest thing about Saquon Barkley and looking <clears throat> at how he is utilized in that Penn State offense versus how JT Barrett has been relied upon in like Ohio State's offense in the past however many fucking it, it really feels like he's been there for at least three to four if not five years i mean jt barrett has anchored the yeah. offense him and tanner mangum have been playing forever yeah i mean honestly jt has proved himself to be a very reliable player because he's been there consistently and he really has put up the numbers in the past however many seasons he's been with ohio state versus saquon really has only been a name in contingency for the past you know season yeah, so, he got a little bit of recognition last year, but it's definitely been his season this year. Exactly, and that's where you really get into an argument about media bias, and you get into, you know, are we favoring Ohio State because of JT Barrett, or are we favoring JT Barrett because of Ohio State? And after this game, I really do think, I mean, if Penn State beats up on Michigan State this next season, or not this season, fuck, this next week... Um, as a top 10 team should, then it will be a different narrative. But if yeah. they are not able to pull out at least a 13-point win over Michigan State, then you actually have JT Barrett in a very contendable Heisman position. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be a hard one. That's going to be a hard matchup in particular, too, with uh, Saquon, because that's actually a very good uh, rush defense. And it's not as much of a, uh, air, you know, it, you can get a lot through the air on Michigan State, but it's definitely a rush uh, defense, a rush heavy defense. Oh, so it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be very difficult for, uh, I mean, it'll be, it'll be the moment where Saquon can really make his mark. Like, is he a Heisman content? Yeah. Like, is he the Heisman winner or is he not? This well, was JT's yeah. moment was him against Penn State. Now it's Barkley's moment of him against Michigan State. Yeah, and you look at how Mark D'Antonio has managed that offense in his entire 2017 campaign, and even you could go back into 2016. I mean, he's really given his team a very, very solid baseline as to being a solid contender in that Big Ten race and being a major disruptor in teams like Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, being able to contend for a top-four college football playoff team. So. Yeah. I think that's really ultimately where it goes, and that comes back to the rankings. I mean, you look at the Big Ten, and they have been really fucking solid the past two seasons, three yeah. seasons, give or take, as far as their top five. You can argue any of them. So. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as a result of all this, too, the, the team that's getting ignored despite being great is uh, Wisconsin. They're undefeated, yes. and they're only ranked number nine. Yes, right? Yeah, like that's that's absurd. And they've had some good they've had some good wins too. What about Miami? Well, and at that 10? comes Yeah. What was that? I said what about Miami at 10, undefeated as well. Oh, that's ridiculous. They've played nobody and they've struggled against them. Like I, I don't I don't think Miami even belongs. But like if you had to like, but let's, let's let's look at this right now, okay? So you've got TCU at 8. You've got Wisconsin at 9, you've got Miami at 10, you've got Oklahoma State at 11, and you've got Washington at 12. How would you rewrite 8 through 12? Uh, 
Um. Oh, hold on, hold on. Before you answer the question, Astros Carlos Correa proposes to his girlfriend on the field after winning World Series. Oh. Did she say yes? <laughs> no. Even if she said no, she said yes. Well, I would have also said yes. Let's let's talk about the feelings that I just had when the Astros beat the Dodgers. Let's actually not. Um. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So anyways, wait, TCU. T- yeah, <laughs> Wisconsin, Miami, Oklahoma State, Washington. If, if Honestly, if- I would have gone Wisconsin, Oklahoma State, TCU, and then the other two. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, that's pretty much. I mean, here I would have gone Wisconsin, uh, TCU, Oklahoma State, Washington, Miami. Although I dropped Miami a little bit more than that, but yes, yeah, yeah, I, I rolled. I rolled uh, Wisconsin, Washington, Oklahoma State, TCU, Miami. Yeah. I think I think I think that's fair. But the key here is that we all agreed Wisconsin should be above TCU. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean TCU is a great team and all, and they lost to to Iowa State. And what we're kind of realizing now is that Iowa State is actually a decent team this year. Uh, they're what six and two and contenders for the uh, big uh, the Big Twelve with wins over Oklahoma and TCU, which are both top ten programs. So I mean, yeah. they're coming out. They're coming out swinging. Have your parents warned you about Iowa State? <laughs> Don't go. But honestly, if Iowa State's out. But you're absolutely right. I really do think that if there's any one program that could be a serious disruptor in that top fifteen, it's going to be Iowa State. Because you look at Wisconsin. Yes, Wisconsin deserves to be above TCU because they're undefeated in a very, very difficult Big Ten slate this year. TCU, I really, I they play Texas next week, and I don't trust TCU against Texas. I don't trust any team against Texas because Texas has come really fucking close in the past season, and you don't really know. Uh, oh, beyond yeah. that, Oklahoma State really has, I mean, what, they're favored by three over Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's at five in the college football playoff poll, like, that just shows how unstable that entire top 10 ranking is. If Oklahoma State can pull off that win, that's going to shake oh. up a lot regarding those big taunt rankings. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, the, entire, the entire top 13 has one, one loss or less. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this, this will certainly, uh, certainly shift throughout the coming weeks. Yeah. The, the question I want to ask you guys is, where I mean, obviously, we all agree that Wisconsin should be at least above TCU mm-hmm. as an undefeated Big Ten team. But what I mean, what would make you guys? I mean, Wisconsin plays Indiana next week. Indiana is a weird fucking team, definitely. But like, where where do you see the Big Ten heading from this point on? Because you have some pretty fucking powerhouse teams here that could fuck up every other team in this division. I don't know. I kind of look at like, uh, I, mean, I mean, personally, like when I look at Ohio State and Penn State, like the fact that the game got so close and that Ohio State was six and Penn State was two at the beginning of that game, right? And the yep. game was 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 quite a close game. I mean, sure, like it was high scoring, so there wasn't a whole lot of defense. Uh, uh, at least just at face value. Again, I I stopped watching after partway through the first, but 
to me, the fact that Penn State drops from two to seven and Ohio State doesn't move, there's a problem there to me. And I think that you're going to see a lot of that with some of these Big Ten matchups. Um, well, the thing is, uh, the because we switched to the CFP rankings now, yes. uh, the, the AP poll means nothing. Like any rankings that they exactly. had before, absolutely nothing. The uh, CFP, their idea is that they look at the holistic uh, value of, of your strength of schedule, what you've done and what you, who you've played, and how good those teams are actually are, how you looked on the field. They pass the eye test. It's things like that. But they that's why they wait this long to do the CFP ranking is so that there's no like inertia that you get to coast on for the entire season. Like yeah. USC was coasting on inertia for a very long time Fair before enough. everyone started to realize like, eh, they're not that great. Yes, yeah, Sam well, Darnold's back. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Darnold, by the way, speaking of, one of the top college football headlines today is uh, if, Sam, if he gets uh, picked by the Browns, there's a chance that he might go back to USC for a year. I mean, uh, there's also a chance he won't go into the draft at all. Yeah, yeah. If well, I were him, I would. How SC has gone this past? Go ahead. No, no, no. I say there's a chance that he won't go at all, and if he, if I were him, I wouldn't do it at all. I mean, it might be the right time for him to go and get drafted because. Nah, uh, give me another year. I'll Jake Locker it. But that's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> oh my fucking god, Jake Locker. Um. That's the thing that you're considering in this NFL draft is you try and look at these 32 teams. How many of them, other than obviously the Broncos and a few others, are really looking to draft that type of quarterback this year? Uh, The Bills. Jags. Yeah, I think that's it. So you're looking at Bills, Jags, you're – I mean, considering I mean, truth be records, told, truth be told, though, uh, Giants, Chargers, Steelers, yeah. Ravens. You think all of them would like? Go I think for I think all of them would consider it if it dropped to their position in the first. Oh yeah, they're if not going to trade up. They're not going to trade absolutely up. Absolutely, if it dropped. But but here's the thing. Really here's the thing, though. Dropped? If somebody let's let's say that the quarterback field is is Baker Mayfield. It's Josh Rosen. It's uh, uh, fucking Josh Sam Allen. Jo- <laughs> Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Sam Dar- So so you've got like four there. And well, I mean, yeah, we're we're making fun of it, no, but people right. are talking about him for a reason because they see something apparently. And f- fine, the Browns Truly. can take Josh Allen. That's fine with me. Uh, well, we were just talking earlier about the lack of development that the Browns have. So. Yeah. But you, know, you, know, anyway, you know who's gonna talking... you know who's gonna get him is he's gonna drop all the way to uh, the Patriots. Be the future, <laughs> and then he's actually more. gonna work out, and the Patriots gonna be great again, and we're all gonna be sitting here like, I never could have thought it thought. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll be everybody works podcast. out when they get a Belichick. Yeah. Oh god. But but anyway. then add but then add J T Barrett into that into that mix, and then Lamar Jackson if he comes out. I mean, you've got you've got six <laughs> viable first to second round quarterbacks. And, and only and only you know what eight teams that really could use taking a quarterback at that range. Yeah. They, there's going to be a couple that are going to jump up and reach for the one that yeah. they want, but for the most part, you're going to be looking at people who just let it drop to them, like when the Broncos took Paxton Lynch. Exactly. I think that's going to yeah. be the biggest determining factor in this upcoming draft is a who declares to begin with, but also b 
how far are you trusting these kids to hang on and how yeah. like i mean there are so many other needs that a lot of nfl <clears throat> teams are trying to address right now in their offense and also yeah. their defense i mean the past like what five years you've seen more defensive players taken in the first round of the nfl draft than in previous nfl draft history like it's it's a shift and i think that these kids need to be considering that when they're looking at whether or not they're going to declare particularly looking at you sam darnold we know you listen <laughs> yeah like well, the, other thing, uh, the other thing we're not mentioning here is also not all teams are drafting need-based a lot of times they'll be drafting athletes which is particularly the methodology of the seahawks drafting um but other sure. teams do too where you're dra- you're looking for all right, well, we're not going to get a, a, a guy we need right here because if we do, we're just reaching for no reason. Yeah. So we're going to take an athlete and see what we can do with him. And then you, yes. that's how you get players like Devin Funches or uh, all these other guys that kind of switch around in their position, what, even though in college they played quarterback or whatever they did. Well, that's a great point, especially particularly when you address how the NFL has shifted into a – like not even shifted into a business mindset, but – yeah. Yes, it is ultimately a business. So. Yeah. The problem is sometimes it doesn't work out quite so well like that. Uh, who was that old Michigan quarterback? <laughs> Devin Funches? No, 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 no. The other one. Played, um, played running back for the Jags. Denard Robinson. Thank Denard you. Robinson. Thank there you. it is. Shoelace. <laughs> My oh, point being, God. it doesn't always work to just take an athlete. No, yeah. I mean, you do, it also doesn't always work to pull a need-based guy. True. True. I mean, people bust all the time regardless yeah. of your position. Well, and, and that's some of them switch over and do great, like Terrell Pryor. Terrell was a fucking great example of that. But at the same time, like that's where it comes into a team-by-team need basis slash where you actually are going to think you're going to land. And mm-hmm. I think that this particular year coming up, I mean – you have you're gonna have a ton of quarterbacks who are gonna declare themselves eligible who are entirely capable of adapting into any style of offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just gonna be how the draft order shakes out, and that's obviously still up in the air. Considering Ooh. you know trade deadline is when again? When is NFL trade deadline? It's over. Oh well, there you it, go. It was so Tuesday. Maybe it's yeah, not that's, in the air. that's why all those trades just started going crazy. Which is a great way for us to segue into that. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Didn't even okay, intend it. Cool. Okay, Thank okay. You. Quick, quick question. That's very hard one. Out of all the trades that just went on, which was the best one? <laughs> I know. Because it depends. Uh, there, are a lot, there are a lot of answers. Hold on. And none of them are wrong. No, no, no. That's so, so it depends. Do you mean best in terms of who, which team fared the best, or do you mean best as in which tra- t- trade was the best for both parties? Uh, which, which, what team benefited the best from their trade? The Eagles. So they lost the least and gained the most. The Eagles. But they had a decent running back situation already. I mean, it's they, not they, they had LeGarrette Blunt, LeGarrette. who doesn't really make a whole lot of sense in their system. They had Wendell yeah. Smallwood, who some, it just doesn't look like the right fit. And they had this Clement guy, and then they had Barner, who probably is no longer with the team. Ajayi is a guy you can actually hand it to on first and second and third, and and he's just rolling with it. Yeah. No, I'm, but by the way, Kenyon Barner is still with the Eagles. Ah, okay. Thank goodness. 
even even then sorry i think (laughs) i i think that was probably one of the top because even when we when we were talking about it like what did they get for jay ajay or ajay i just go with ajay just go with ajay jay boy for a third and a seventh or a fourth and a seventh yeah no no a fourth just a fourth. Fourth and a seventh. Or nope, just a fourth? Just a Wait, fourth. who was the one that we were talking about who was a third and a seventh? Earlier? Kelvin. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, oh, ooh. I know. Uh, it's, an, it's another great one. See, they're all great traits. Like, yeah, that's... Oof. I yeah. mean, at the same time, though, I feel like Carolina didn't win nearly as much. The reason... No, yeah, it's definitely the best for the... Uh, for. Which call it getting the getting Calvin Benjamin, but still. Yeah. The reason that I think the Eagles did the best is because Eagles. they they no no no. The reason I think the Eagles did the best no, yeah. is because uh-huh. they <laughs> they addressed uh one of the only positions that they needed to address in order to capitalize on the fact that they look like a Super Bowl bound team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean I'll I think they're the best in the league. Still. They do, they do. But I mean, I'll Which still take weird. the Seahawks all day in an NFC Championship against them. But uh, mm. they they look at least the part at this point, and and that yeah. remains to be well, seen to some degree because they just had some injuries. I forget who it is um, on their defense, uh, or maybe it was their offensive line. Um, oh yeah, they. Uh, I was I was half paying attention. They, they, they to that lost. Detail. They lost uh, Marcus Peters, or not Marcus Peters. Marcus but, um, Peters is a chief. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the other the other Peters. Uh, and, and Josh Peterson, Jason Peters. Oh, they there. lost Jason Peters. That's the one. That's the yeah. One. And he got okay. replaced by Duck. So get, getting replaced by uh, Joe Walker, which his former Duck, there it infamous is. for his uh, his uh, famous runback play against Utah. When, oh, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was the guy. He was the guy in the Kellen K- Clay play. What has Utah. he done professionally? I, I don't care. He'll Mostly, uh, all right. A hundred and seventy-six yard play that t- turned a tie game into a fourteen-point lead. Valid point. Yeah. For, uh, for, the, for those that don't remember, Kellen Clay gets the ball. He's running it in. It's a beautiful seventy-six yard touchdown. I'm pretty sure that's accurate number. And uh, right as he gets to the one-yard line, he dr- he drops the ball behind him, like he thought he'd already got the touchdown, and he's already letting go of the ball. Oh, and glorious. then they're already giving the touchdown, and then all of a sudden you just hear, "Wait, one of the Oregon players is running it back!" And Joe Walker's got a whole team around him running it towards the other end zone, and it's a touchdown for the Ducks. <laughs> Beautiful moment. It was so so wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually a bittersweet game too because we had that, but that was also the game that Pharaoh Pharaoh uh, Brown uh, oh, destroyed yeah. his leg. Oh my gosh, I forgot which, about that. Can we can we go ahead and just propose the new NFL rule, which is if the if it's called a touchdown on the field and you dislocate your knee, it remains a touchdown no matter what. Can we just <laughs> I mean can we just that's enact all that, that rule? Is that an NFL rule now? I Can think it should be. I'm proposing it. It should be. Zach Miller should have got that touchdown. That was some of the worst refing I've ever seen. Dude. Did you guys did you guys watch any of that the Bears Saints game? Yeah, I did. I did not. That, actually, that so. exact play, I was gone. I was at the store buying eggs. And uh, <laughs> and I drove home and I watched the rest of the game 
And it actually wasn't until Sunday Night Football, Football Night in America, where I saw the actual highlight. Um, or, or maybe they referenced it and I looked it up. I can't remember if it was on the TV or if I looked at it myself. But they, I, I, they didn't show it. Okay, so I didn't, I didn't hear about the actual thing until I was watching Football Night in America. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, and then I went and looked it up, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> that wasn't even the worst call of the game either. The worst call was actually against the Saints, where uh, they're they're doing like a little under cross or like a, they're on defense, right? And they have a little uh, under crossing route for the Bears, and before any contact whatsoever is made, a flag is thrown. The defender comes in. Makes a clean tackle, you know, never touches him above the shoulders. And the ref calls it a face mask. Right? Before there was any contact whatsoever, face mask. I don't know. Like, there's bad refing, and then there's whatever the fuck that was. Well, weren't you guys, like, I, I'm not going to lie. I was, you know, not invested. Okay, yes, also. Sorry. Um, (laughs) But weren't you guys saying that, like, the entire refereeing, not only just on that play, but throughout that whole entire game was just weird? Oh, yeah, I was bitching the entire time. Yeah, Like, that was a weird game, right? It's like what I just said earlier. uh, Refereeing is just a fail-safe for for betting. Well... (laughs) I mean, all the I, games are fixed. Put, put, put your tinfoil hats on, guys. All so, the games are fixed. I was literally just about to say about how I have complained this entire past week about the Major League Baseball and how, you know, all of the conspiracy theories surrounding MLB and the World Series. And tonight was a normal baseball game, which is weird. But, I mean,. Yeah, for, I for definitely the, wore my, wore my tinfoil hat for the past week, so... Yep. Bye. Well, and the thing is, like, I was thinking, like, oh, like, I can usually be like, okay, let's tinfoil hat it and just be like, oh, yeah, the refs were biased towards the team, but there was no bias towards it. Like, both no. teams were getting fucking crazy weird calls. Exactly. Yep. That just didn't make sense. It was like, you guys aren't, you, this is just ruining a game. It's not even, like, giving one team an advantage or anything, it's just... You're just trying to kill a game for some reason. They're very upset about the uh, anthem protests. <laughs> yes. We always make it back there. It's it's flowing over into not only the uh, the players and the teams, but the refs as well as Papa John's. Hey, <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned in my entire time talking to you two, it's that there's exactly three things that will always come up. JT Barrett Heisman, <laughs> football uh, or play, football players kneeling, and Mike Leach. I you don't know forget what? Juju. Don't forget <laughs> Juju. Juju on, the, Juju on yeah. the screen. Juju on the screen. I messaged him by the way. Uh, Wait, what? For, for, for people who are listening, who you beat me no to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> are you serious? No, I was planning on emailing him like tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> oh, I messaged him before you even tried. What? So, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, just started his YouTube channel and started advertising for it. And the name he came up with was, uh, what was it, Juju TV? Juju TV. He yeah. even had an animated graphic and everything. He came up with such better names. We had Juju TV, Juju on the screen. Uh, no, Juju YouTube. on that screen was the best. <laughs> Hands down. Yep. And... Uh, <laughs> 
I made sure to message him like, dude, you missed you missed a big opportunity. You could have gone with so many other things. You could have gone with this, that. I was very disappointed in him. Damn it, Jay. <sighs> I was so excited to slide into his DMs, as the children say. I think you have a better shot of getting into his DMs and having him pay attention <laughs> than I do. Yeah. Dear Mr. Juju. <laughs> Dear Mr. Juju. <laughs> Mr. Juju. Not even Mr. Smith-Schuster. Mr. Juju. <laughs> Mr. Well, Juju. Mr. Smith-Schuster is just a mouthful. Yeah, I, I missed, mixed up his last name last week. I thought it was Schuster Smith. Oh, yeah. Juju. So, for anybody listening, this is secretly a uh, Mike Leach and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster podcast. There is no Garrett. secret. <laughs> Mike Leach quotes? Mike Leach quotes. All right. <clears throat> oh, Jay, get us with some Mike Leach quotes. What do we got today? <clears throat> yeah, so this is uh, this is excerpts from Squid Kick It to a Fat Guy and 699 more memorable quotes from the playbook of Coach Mike Leach. I'm just picking a random one. I'm not even going to read it. I'm going to let you guys know what it is. So when asked what actor should play the role of Mike Leach in his life story, Mike Leach said, maybe John Cusack. I think we have similar looks and mannerisms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, now I'm picturing Mike Leach standing outside of like a record store holding up a boom box. <laughs> Solid <laughs> reference. Oh my god. But he wouldn't even be playing a song. He would be playing like a recorded taping of somebody like reading his book. <laughs> I do need to take this book down to uh, Pullman and get him to write Craig James Killed Five Hookers. On the inside of it. Oh, if you can do that, Jay. <laughs> Somebody did it already. That's that, that, really. That's where, oh yeah, because he yeah. hates Craig James. That's where the Craig James killed five hookers. Uh, what you call it? Meme came from. Sorry, Craig I'm, James, I'm behind on this. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea this existed. Oh yeah, yeah. So what happened was Craig James uh, really pushed Mike Leach into taking his kid onto his team, and Mike Leach was. Not in favor of it, but eventually he caved. And uh, his kid turned out to be a piece of shit, because he's Craig James's kid. And uh, he didn't care about practice. Didn't care, like, he just didn't try. And uh, he would, like, always try to get out of practice. So, like, one time he said that he'd gotten a concussion, so he couldn't practice. So what Mike Leach said oh, was, all right, well, why don't you go to uh, the locker room with one of the trainers, or, like, some training facility with one of the trainers, so that way you're not out here getting hurt which that kid ended up twisting it and later confessed that he lied about it saying that mike leach locked him in a closet um and, like a storage oh, closet by himself i remember this now in the, yeah in the dark and so as a as a result mike leach got fired from tech texas tech and everyone was pissed about it because that's bullshit and uh thus people someone went on i think someone went on the wikipedia for craig james and it said Somewhere on there that Craig James killed five hookers. And then that just turned into a whole meme. At which point someone went up to Mike Leach and got him to sign his book. Craig James killed five hookers. Mike Leach. And Wait. now it's <laughs> gone into history books as so hold Craig on. James killed five hookers. So hold on. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me this whole time that I'm hearing this Craig James killed five hookers joke? That he didn't actually kill five hookers? Oh, he absolutely did. When he was at uh, Southern Methodist University, he killed five hookers. It's a proven fact. Go look it up. No, but you just told me that the fact was written in from the joke itself. It was on Wikipedia. 
It has to be true. I'm not. Okay. Jay, this is how Trump got elected. So I'm going to need a little bit more help here. Um, that's all I got for you. Craig James killed five hookers. All right. It's fact. CJK5H. CJK. <laughs> when I Google Craig James killed five hookers, um, <laughs> it's it's just a Deadspin article, which is interesting. And then he sued Fox Sports for religious discrimination. Yep, oh, that great. sounds about right. He also uh, ran for, I think, the Texas Senate or something like that. Uh, apparent no, that's David Dewar's. Wait, what? Wait. Well, James James ran too. And Wait, really? People, yeah, people made he he lost by a landslide. Well, obviously, but people made fake uh, <laughs> things about him, like killing five hookers uh, for his political campaign. The fact that there's an article titled "Craig James is a Christian Martyr," according to Craig James. <laughs> Uh, oh, wow. that, yeah, so um, don't look now, but I'll bet you he was on Glenn Beck's program. <laughs> He's I, so, I say this as passionate. somebody who listens to Glenn Beck, so uh, great segue from Glenn Beck would be another Mike Leach quote. Yeah, I, <laughs> oh, I, I, I was gonna say, speaking of crazy people on Fox News. Uh, and their gay frogs, the TCU Horn Frogs, and that Iowa State game. Hey, there's a segue if I ever seen one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was cra- that was a crazy game. Did you guys see that? Fifteen ten. Dude, it was, it was Iowa State, dude. They kept Kenny Trill in check, which is very impressive because that's actually a very good quarterback. Two Trill. The I, I best way. The t- the, there's, t- there's a good there's two good ways to become a good quarterback in the Big Twelve, by the way, and uh, it's go to Texas Tech and then transfer, or go to Texas A and M and transfer, <laughs> and then you then you're you're set. Baker Mayfield, Texas Tech, originally. Um, Kenny Trill, Texas A and M, originally. Kyler Murray, who's the backup in Oklahoma, originally right. at Texas A and M. Uh, Kyle Allen at Houston, originally at Texas A and M. Uh, Davis Webb was originally at Texas Texas Tech. Wait, that's a name I haven't heard oh, in yeah. a while. Well, what is he doing now? I'm I sure have he got drafted. no fucking idea. Uh, he's uh, on the Giants. <laughs> he's EJ Manuel's backup. Wait, okay. I guess actually that makes sense when you put it there. But yes, continue. I always say just did a very good job of keeping Kenny Trill <laughs> and that. Uh, <laughs> Defense and che- or in that offense and check. <laughs> Iowa State is a bowl eligible for the first time in five years. <laughs> I'm so sorry. True. <laughs> yeah, and they took they took down uh, two te- two great teams. They held Kenny Trill in check. Uh, Twelve for twenty five, hundred and thirty five <laughs> yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns. Uh, that offense got no nothing. Dude, they, they put okay. up zero. The only thing that they had a 94-yard kickoff return in the third quarter, which great way to start the third quarter, but then you have to do something after that, and they just couldn't. Well, I think the most entertaining thing to me is looking at the Big 12 as a larger picture, and you have 
five, four teams, four teams, right? That are mm -hmm. four and one. Cause you got what? Oklahoma and Oklahoma state. Mm -hmm. One of those. Iowa state. Yeah, exactly. So then you have one of TCU. those is going to take two and then TCU is the fourth. Wait, so so Texas is at three and two? Yep. They're okay. tied with uh, West Virginia. Okay. And that's just your big 12 standings. I mean, Texas is fucking 500 on the season. They're at four and four overall. Oh, yeah. But they could they could easily be uh, seven and one. Exactly. With just a few small. Yeah. Because yeah. three, three of those big games came down to the absolute wire. Two of them yes. in overtime and then that uh, and Oklahoma game. Yeah. And Iowa State's on a four-fucking-game winning streak. I mean, yeah. literally, parents, this is a public service announcement. Talk to your children about Iowa State football. <laughs> they're going to have to know. <laughs> you laugh. I'm serious. I think I'd still be, rather be out in the dark with Iowa State than I would with 0-8 Baylor. <laughs> oh, God. Fair enough. You mean hey. 132nd ranked sexual health campus failure? <laughs> yep. yep, that's the same one. Hey, you know what? They're not as bad as BYU. Um, okay, yeah. so, Sh so shouts out to shouts out to Kansas for not being at the bottom of the Big Twelve despite being one and seven. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, it's the first time that Kansas gets to look at anybody and be like, well, at least we're not as bad as them. Speaking of that, let's talk about the Browns. Oh, God. <laughs> do we have to talk about oh. the Browns? We don't have to, but I just felt like it was a natural We, we do. We actually, we actually do have to talk about the Browns because Josh Gordon is get, getting to play again. Oh, that's there it news. is. That's big news. He's back. The jo and, and that segues really well, too, because he played at Baylor. At what point do you just kind of drop it and accept that, hey, we're the Browns. Well, I mean, at some point, you have to fire everybody who makes decisions. And if the problem is stemming from the ownership themselves, then they have to put somebody else in place who can make those decisions and remove themselves as an active owner. Well, and that's the hardest thing is, like, I feel like that Brown's ownership is very close. And yeah. I feel like they all, like, the Haslam's have really honestly pushed for for the current system, I'm so sorry, for the current system that the Browns have set up. And I honestly don't know anything about the Haslam family. I don't understand how the Browns' ownership works. Yeah, but, but I mean, that, that team has been so inept for so long that at some point they have to look at themselves and be like, fuck, maybe it's us. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can't, you can't tell me like, oh, it's absolutely been because of quarterback situation or because of coaching situation it's like yeah that that counts for a while but yeah when it's you've been this bad for this long well because even like i think the last time they had a decent season was under bill belichick somebody who where was it? i was listening i was listening to a podcast and they pointed out that the last happy thing to happen to the browns was peyton hillis being on the cover of madden <laughs> oh wait when what it was like was 2012 or something like that okay i am definitely dating myself that's all right 
Thank you. Um, <laughs> wow. That's a lot. Wait, okay. Before that, when was the last happy thing to happen to the Browns? Because 2012 was not that long ago. It was only five years. I, and especially when yeah. we're talking about how, you know, they have eight coaches in the past 15 years. I mean. <laughs> I think the last happy thing to happen to the Browns prior to Peyton Hills being on the cover was the Browns winning that uh, legal battle on maintaining the actual name and uh, records of the original Browns. That's probably their last big win. That was their last big win. Was Except we get for to the, be the Browns again. So basically again. The, Browns, the Browns should transition into legal defense instead of NFL defense. Yeah, it yeah. Might, might work out better. I think also a big win for them is whenever they're like, Hey, we didn't get the first overall pick this year. <laughs> we Suck got it, San second. Francisco. Oh, oh man! Speaking of San Francisco, can we get into the uh, Jimmy G trade? Jimmy G. Yeah, I liked that when I said Jimmy G to San Francisco. Jay's first response was Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Dude, you got me so excited because I see Jimmy G, and that's the one I think of. And I'm like, finally, we're done with this stupid experiment. But yeah. No, no, no you. You will not be done with the Jimmy Graham experiment for at least until he blows a fucking tendon, whether oh, no, it's in his already, shoulder already, or his leg. Uh, actually, to be fair, though, um, he blew a tendon he, and they continued. Oh yeah. well, no. But to be yeah. fair, I'm ac- I was actually very happy with our la- how we had him in our last week because we started doing a two tight end set, which is actually perfect for Jimmy G because now we have the extra line to go. He gets to sit there and decoy a little bit. And uh, it actually worked really well because he ended up getting two touchdowns and a very, very good game. Like, if we use that two tight end set, I think using Jimmy Graham is perfect. But it's when we try to run traditional set and they were like, oh, guess what? Jimmy didn't block again because Jimmy can't block. (laughs) But yeah, and it's only going to be more monstrous now with Dwayne Brown on the line. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's such a solid grab for the Hawks because uh, that, that is a big, big dude. I think it's what uh, – before I just throw out numbers that I'm hoping are right. Well, Dwayne is Brown, Dwayne Brown is a uh, – it was an all-pro lineman. Wait, what? Dwayne Brown yeah. was an all-pro as well, not just a pro bowler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, so 6'4", 320, and just a monster of an offensive tackle. Let's go. That, that, yeah, that's, that's going to be solid. It'll, Especially it'll nice. for you guys up there, like, yeah, that feels a really actually like deep need that you guys have needed for this whole season, right? For a couple seasons, <laughs> for a while. It, basically, <laughs> the the whole... it's basically since they traded Unger. No, it's a, it's actually it's since we lost Marshawn because we could because basically what happened was yeah, that's true. Uh, the Seahawks could be like, all right, we have we have a weak line, but we can make it work. Because we have Russell Wilson who can scramble like nobody's business, and we have Marshawn who can get four yards despite the fact that his average point of contact was 2.5 yards behind the line of scrimmage. He just was so good at pushing past that it really didn't matter so we could skimp on the line. But since then, uh, since we lost Marshawn, we don't have that same running threat because nobody is that same Marshawn Lynch running threat. So now it's like, okay, now we really do need that line because nobody can rush anymore because nobody can run like Marshawn Lynch. So it's it's a very uh, important role now to fix that line. 
uh, which is something we could ignore in the past. Uh, but I'm excited. You know, I think that that's going to be a big addition. And it's interesting too because we're actually, or I'm, I'm just trying to stop saying we anyway. But uh, yeah, it's it's an important role for the Hawks to fill, and it's also interesting because the Hawks are redefining their uh, offensive scheme because before it was very much a run offense that was predicated on uh, Russell scrambling and running for the first down or handing the ball to Marshawn Lynch and running for however many yards he can get, which is always monstrous. But now, uh, even when Russell is creating that extra time scrambling around, he's not looking to run as much. And yeah, he'll still rush a couple times, but he's really getting it done by uh, looking downfield during his scrambles. So it's turning from this very run-happy team, one of the best rushing offenses, to actually a very strong passing game. With last week, uh, Jimmy Graham's two touchdowns, uh, Paul Richardson had over 100 yards. Tyler Lockett had over 100 yards. I mean, it, it's it's redefining, and it's very it's very fun to watch, honestly. Wait, remind me who the Hawks played this past weekend because I was definitely hungover in bed for <laughs> a very long time during that game. It was the Texans. Yeah, it was the Texans. Basically, Dwayne Brown came out and then saw us crush the Texans' dreams in that uh, last second, and then he decided to stay. I am a little pissed about that trade, though. It's uh, hysterical. I know exactly where you're going with this. this is so funny. <laughs> I was waiting for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was trying not to, but here, here it goes. So for uh, years, Jeremy Lane has just been the blight of my existence. I mean, it's, it, it's broken play after broken play, and it's just fucking annoying. And so finally we get Shaquille Griffin, who comes in, takes his spot. Fucking, it's awesome. He's doing great. And now Jeremy Lane finally gets traded for Dwayne Brown, and it's wonderful. I think we traded a third round and Jeremy Lane for Dwayne Brown. I think that's right. Uh, but <laughs> Jeremy Lane, accurate. yeah. Then Dwayne or Jeremy Lane goes and injure, or he fails his physical test, so we can no longer trade him. So we have to give him another draft pick. Two more draft and picks. And we still have to hold on. Oh, two more draft picks. Great. And we have to hold <laughs> on to Jeremy Lane some more. Finish out his goddamn contract. Is I feel so like if I'm remembering this correctly, in the end, you guys ended up giving like Seahawks 2018 third rounder and their 2019 second round pick. So a second and a third. Uh, uh, Originally. Originally, it was him, a second, and a fifth. So him falling out, they elevated the fifth to a third. F and A. F and A, Cotton. F and A. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> Let's see if it pays off. Let's push forward. What are you guys excited about with this coming weekend? Oklahoma, Ooh. Oklahoma State. Yes. So that's excited. Gonna be, yeah, that's going to be so good. Baker Mayfield versus Mason Rudolph. Mike Honestly, Gundy. I will be so, so disappointed if that does not turn into a fucking crazy game. Oh, I feel like it's absolutely going to be a crazy game. I mean, how can it not? It fucking better be. Otherwise, I will give up every single hope for anything being good in college football this year. <laughs> I think that's a little bold, but I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm a dramatic human being. <laughs> um, wait, are we restricting this to just college? Because obviously college, I would definitely say Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. But 
Uh, no, just all of the football. All of the football. All of the footballs. I want to see Cincy Jacksonville. I'm um, also excited for Clemson NC State. Ooh, really? Yeah. Played in uh, at, at NC State. Um, hopefully, well, not hopefully, but I would love to see Indiana be weird against Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Um, you got Virginia Tech in Miami as well. Uh, I would also, I mean, obviously you want to watch Iowa State after this week. Yeah. I think that'll be interesting to watch. And in all honesty, uh, Oregon at Washington is probably going to be the only actual football game I watch this weekend because uh, it is a Steelers bye week. I'll I'll be there. I'll send send you guys some snaps. Nice. Oh, you got – oh, man. I was going to say you should also be paying attention to Arizona USC. Oh, hell yeah. Bear down. It is uh, – so it's the Steelers bye week, and uh, Tess and I have tickets to the Blazers game on Sunday. Who do the Blazers play in that game? Sunday they play against the Thunder. Ooh. Oh, perfect. That, that, why are you excited about the Blazers when you get to see really? the Really? Yeah, that's actually <laughs> – you're going to get to see a really fucking great offense. Yeah. I love watching the Thunder. Yeah, I uh, – I, I just, I mean, like, I bought, like, a package of, like, eight tickets, and so I forget which ones are which that we're going to. I just yeah. You're eight. such a good boyfriend. She she loves the Blazers like no other. She, she does. There's three games I'm interested in. Uh, I think Bill's Jets is pretty exciting on Thursday. Really? Yeah. I, I th- yeah, because, like, those are two teams that are actually doing pretty well. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's having himself a season. T-Mobile. Which T-Mobile oh is sponsored, by the way. They, they started calling him that, and I'm like, I kind of like that. <laughs> yep. Like, at first, I was like, oh. oh I, I liked, liked Ty God. talking about. I like Ty God still. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I'm not going to lie. I did not think that's what you were talking about earlier in the group chat, and I had no idea, and I just didn't address it. So yeah. it all makes sense now. We, T-Mobile, we, we the mobile quarterback, Tyrod. Yeah, so the other two games I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll go to this one first. Uh, Monday, Lions-Packers. I think it's actually going to be very exciting. Uh, it's a good rivalry game, and it's just... Uh, it's hard without Aaron Rodgers to get terribly excited. Yeah, that's But it should thing. still be exciting. But uh, I think that's honestly one of the things that makes it more exciting. Yeah. It, it, it makes it a little bit more balanced. That's a good point. Uh, it will be interesting to see, because I, I am starting Brett Hundley in three different fantasy leagues this week. Oh. Good well, I had, I had Ben Roethlisberger in two of them and, and Steelers by week. Yeah. yeah. And then the other the other game, which I don't know if anyone else will back me up here, but I'm going to call it anyway. I think an interesting one is going to be uh, the 49ers and the Cardinals. That's the interesting bottom, in a different way. Yeah, exactly. It's the bottom of the NFC, NFC West Bowl. I am and, starting uh, the uh, Niners defense. That's a that's a good call. I also think a good call would be starting the Cardinals defense. I was going to say, really. Yeah. Uh, um. So the the only thing that bums me out about it is that despite trading for Jimmy G, he's not starting this weekend, which totally makes sense. But... They actually came out and said that Jimmy G might not start this year. Oh wow! Which well, I no. think would be a massive mistake. It's would absolutely be a mistake, but it's. 
totally foreseeable with this fucking coaching staff on the Niners. I mean, what, but, but what do they have to salvage with him, right? It's not about like, that. It's about deciding whether or not you're going to pay him $20 million a year in the offseason. That's fair. But, yeah. I mean, if you see that he's – I mean, you're going to see it in practice too, you know. You can see, and you already know that he's a good game time quarterback. It's not you know, like you're going to learn that from him. You know what? I I watched All or Nothing last year on Amazon, where I saw I saw Fisher and the rest of the coaching staff putting Goff, and they had him in practice, and they went, "Oh yeah, this is something else." Like you know, you, you haven't seen a quarterback like this in a while. Oh, I and Fisher goes, oh, "I haven't seen somebody play like him since we uh, first year of having Bradford." And then you go and you watch the rest of him actually in-game. And you're like, this guy's absolute trash. What the fuck are they seeing in practice? So if you yeah, can but, see that in practice and think, this is legit. So if you're seeing Garoppolo in practice and you're like, this is legit, you really well, don't seen, know until you throw him out there on the actual field. And you've only seen well, two games seen out of You've only seen two yeah. games out of him. And they were very good games. He looked very calm and composed. That's the difference. Because Jared Goff looked terrified. Whereas Jimmy G did not look terrified. Mm. Mm then when you're not terrified, you're going back to what you've done in practice. You're getting back in those intangibles, or to those, uh, yeah, intangibles, those things that make you, you know, that you've practiced and worked out. But when you're sitting there terrified, you're fighting for your life, just doing whatever you can come up with on the fly. Which Jared Goff has calmed down and is actually now a pretty decent quarterback. Oh, I mean, yeah, not, not shitting on Jared Goff. He's done great this year, but. No, yeah, and I'm just saying that like that's that's why I I still f- firmly hold to that belief that last year he looked like a terrible quarterback because he looked like he was fighting for his life. He looked afraid. Uh, he saw pressure and he just freaked out. He didn't know what to do. Now he's kind of gotten it. He's calmed down and he's composed. And I think you've seen that in Jimmy G. Is that when he came out and played for the Patriots, he just stepped in like he was a veteran quarterback and played like one. So, I, I I think that if you see you've seen enough out of him on the uh, in game, if you can get him working well in practice, that's all you really need. I can see why they're benching him for the rest of the season if they do. Hmm. I wouldn't, but that's their prerogative. I'm not. There's a reason you're making millions more than me. All right, you're making you're, me reevaluate a lot of my relationship decisions. <laughs> so, that's uh, what I aim to do with every single girl I meet. <laughs> you can see that they performed with another team. No need to throw them right into it at a bad time. <laughs> Just can I feel like that's the greatest point to end this on the Mike Leach quote. Here we go. What's right. the Mike Leach quote we got, Jay? Okay. So when asked about a post-practice fight between two backup players during two days, Mike Leach said, "It seems like everybody kissed and made up. If you get 130 priests together, there's going to be some battles." <laughs> yeah. Our hero. <laughs> Priest fight. All right. Good night. <laughs> I, I, I got one more. Sorry. Oh. Uh, if you beat Nebraska in a game of marbles, that's a big <laughs> deal. All right, kids. I didn't fall asleep. You made it. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Um, 
keep in your thoughts. It's been one month exactly since the Vegas shooting. So I had a lot of friends who were impacted by that. So just, you know. And still no action on any form of politics. Can we please stop trying to politicize this? It just happened. Good night. Sorry, Jay. (laughs)